Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the Toe Meets Lead podcast. I'm Logan, and here with me today is Andrew Rodriguez. Andrew, did you know that just by touching the fat on Wagyu beef, uh, or sorry, Kobe beef, that the fat itself will melt in your hands? That's pretty cool. I've never had Kobe beef because, if I remember correctly, it was not actually imported into the United States. And it, so, like, anything you got at restaurants labeled Kobe was a bold-faced lie just so they could double price. Yeah, it, apparently it's very – the regulations from Japan are very strict. It's basically, though, it's, like, regional in Japan. That's why it only goes to – they each have the reason regions. That's why there's, like, a – I forget what the other terminologies are. Wagyu and other things, you know, for different regions. But Kobe is the famous one. But, yeah, I was watching a YouTube video about it. And for Kobe, they don't even like oil the grill or anything. They just let the fat cook itself because they feel they feel that adding additional like flavors will corrupt the beef, the flavor of the beef. And I'm just like, damn. Now I'm hungry. I, I get down with that. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, speaking of hunger, we've got some teams that are hungry for some better coaching. Do you like that transition? I came up with that completely on the fly. If we, if, if we ever get cool enough that we have ads, just think of all of the ad transitions you could do. Oh, God, I know, right? Um, speaking of which, today we're sponsored by Bombas. Yeah. And MeUndies. <laughs> that's the default. Yeah. Every podcast in the country is sponsored by those two. Uh, I've recently listened to a lot of podcasts sponsored by Blue Moon, and I've heard the phrase, you know, a beer like this only comes wrong. Once in a blue moon. Ah. Uh, uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so back to the topic at hand. You actually, I don't know where you found this information all of a sudden, but you brought up like two firings that I was not aware of earlier today. So Southern Miss and Utah State, do you want to go over it? Yeah, so I only realized that Utah State had hired had fired Jay Hoffman when I saw that they had hired Will Hall. Um. <laughs> Is it possible that Jay Hopkins just up and left? Like, he just disappeared into the night? Like... <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a distinct possibility. You know, he was 28 and 23 at Southern Miss. He had never had a losing record at Southern Myth. He made three bowl games. I mean, his worst year, six and five in 2018. Um, I'm not exactly sure what they're looking like this year. Uh, two and seven, so not great. Uh, yeah, that. <laughs> that I think. Might. I think this is one of those circumstances where they were looking for an excuse. I don't know what they've got against the guy. I don't know much about him. Maybe you know more than I do. But given his record, it sounds like they were just kind of looking for an excuse to get rid of this guy and maybe try try something different. Yeah, I, I actually really he, – so I remember him. Actually, he was at Alcorn State. Um, he was the first white head ball coach in the history of the Southwestern Athletic Conference, which is a HBCU uh, conference. Gotcha. And so – uh, I, I think I think he won like two conference titles, and like played in the Celebration Bowl in 2015 for Alcorn State. Um, 
Actually, yeah, I do. I do remember that because Alcorn State had a rivalry with that other team. It seemed like they were always playing in the Celebration Bowl for a while there. Yeah, uh, for our listeners, HBCU, historically by historical black college university. Anyway, so yeah, sorry. Continue, continue, Andrew. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, I guess the two and seven is what did him in. I mean, he's a Mississippi guy, Vicksburg. He played at Ole Miss. He spent a bunch of time in the SEC. It looks at it looks like uh, he was actually at Southern Miss from 05 to 07 as the DC, which makes me wonder. Well, while you're searching for it, I know we did talk about it earlier. I think Southern Miss has been looking to get back to their old glory days when they were one of the top competitors in Conference USA. And really, for the past, I don't know, half a decade or so, they've been pretty mediocre, which is there's nothing wrong with. But I think uh, Southern Miss has had some historical success and a lot of talent that goes through there. So I think that probably a lot of the boosters were just waiting to try, like I said, try something new, maybe get a different coach in there. I don't know much about the guy they picked, but anyway, you, did you find your stuff yet? Yeah. So uh, to me, like I always remembered Southern Miss as being good. Like their their overall record is two hundred is five hundred and ninety two and four hundred and twenty nine. So, I mean, they've won, they've had 71 winning seasons. They won two Division II national championships, which I don't know when that was. Um, oh, 1958 and 1962. Uh, they had 17 straight winning seasons from 1950 to 1967. Uh, Brett Favre played at Southern Miss. Yeah, wasn't, wasn't um, there a receiver that was at Southern Miss, too? Uh, I don't know. They had a winning season from 1994 through 2011. Um, and I think 2011, so Jeff Bauer went 7 and 6 in 2007. And I don't know if he was fired or let go or whatever. I'm not sure, but I think he retired because he was 119 at 83. Oh, I thought you were just um, going to say that he was 119 years old. And I was yes, like, well, that, that would be um, a good reason to retire. They hired Larry Fedora. Fedora actually did really well there. Um, before he left for the North Carolina job, I mean, what killed him is they went from Fedora at eleven and two in two thousand eleven to Ellis Johnson in two thousand and twelve, who went zero and twelve and was fired after that season. They then hired Todd Munkin, who got the program running again, was nine and five in twenty fifteen, and then I'm pretty sure he left to be, yeah, he left he left as head coach of Southern Miss to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive coordinator. Well, I mean, uh, he's currently the Georgia offensive coordinator, but and then and then they brought in Hobson, who you know Hobson had winning records up till this season. So I, uh, to be fair, I really love their hire, Will Hall, who was the offensive coordinator at Tulane, uh, who also spent time as a head coach at West Georgia. Oh yeah, and really built them into a pretty good Division two program. Oh yeah, I think uh, I mean you got a good point there. I, I I didn't realize that he was that guy, but. He really brought up that Western Georgia program. Yeah. Uh, I do – or sorry, was it Western Carolina you said? I'm sorry. He was at West Georgia. No, yeah, it was West Georgia. And yeah. actually West Alabama for that matter too. No, I know he was like – but yeah, he came up – he can't. He brought up a lot of young programs, which was kind of impressive. Yeah. 
He also he's also another guy from Mississippi. Like Mississippi schools tend to like to hire guys from Mississippi because it's just a strange, strange place. Uh, it's built on a lot of traditions, uh, for lack for lack of a better term. Um, Man, he won three Gulf South titles. He actually, uh, so really funny. He he won the twenty twelve and twenty thirteen Gulf South titles at West Alabama, and then left to go to West Georgia, and then won the conference title in twenty fifteen. I mean, so they're not like lacking for talent. Even the guys they bring in are very talented. They get picked up by good programs and NFL programs sometimes. But yeah, I mean. I guess, are they just, I don't know what they're doing, looking for like a long term. I'm not sure what prompted this decision. I think Southern Miss is a program that you're never going to get real long term. Because if you have a guy like a Fedora that comes in and wins double digit games two or three years in a row. He's going to get poached. Especially in Mississippi. Uh, I mean, you're, you're in the heart of SEC country. You know, and that guy's probably going to get poached. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Also, uh, Will Hall's overall head coaching record is 56 and 20. Not bad. Not bad no. at all. No, really, really good. Well, especially considering the programs he's come from. Again, West Georgia yeah. basically came from nothing when he got there, and he really built that program. Uh, uh, he, also won, he also won the Harlan Hill Trophy, which is the Division Two Heisman. Oh yeah. Oh, he won it as a player. I as assume. a player at um, North Alabama. Well, I'll be wishing him the best. I hope he can really maintain that program. It sounds like uh, I really don't know much about the recruiting class. I imagine he's got the talent to do so, but uh, I don't know. It's it's always kind of hard to tell uh, when you get a new hire kind of stepping into these roles. Uh, have you had a chance to kind of look over the Utah State job? Um, uh, I think they just parted ways mutually. Um, that's Gary Anderson, who, you know, was at Utah State, went to Wisconsin for two years, went 10-3 and three at Wisconsin, and then left to go back to Oregon State. He was terrible at Oregon State, left Oregon State, took a year off, took the Utah State job, went 7-6 his first year at Utah State. This year is 0-3 yeah. when... He yeah. decided to mutually part ways. I think it. Uh, well, didn't they win their game last week? I thought they were. Yeah, I think they're one and one and four. Yeah. One and four. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he is a coach that has made some interesting decision, interesting decisions uh, as far as his yeah. lifestyle choices. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't argue. He did do some impressive things for Utah State, I guess. But uh, yeah. I, I don't know that he's ever very – I just don't know that he's very comfortable staying in one place for very long, is what it seems like. You know, it's honestly uh, – you wonder if he ever – he should have just stayed at Utah State before he went to Wisconsin. Because, like, I just – I don't ever think he was really a good fit at Wisconsin. Well, and I don't know – I feel like you need to build more at a program. You want to spend more time – at a program, and it seems like he was building success at Utah State and then just kind of jumped ship and then kind of got over his head at some of these bigger programs. And I don't know, did, did, is there any hint as far as where he's going to go, or did he just decide to leave? I, he just set him out. Like, he and the 
AD came to a mutual agreement. Well, I, I yeah, I guess I don't. This is a weird year to decide to do that, but okay, sure. I mean, you know, it is because we've seen two firings in South Carolina and the Vanderbilt one that in a normal year we'd be like, yeah, yeah, you know, that makes sense. But you know, being a, a COVID season, that kind of I don't know. To me, that just makes it kind of weird. Well, and maybe he's gotten in at one of those programs, for all we know. He might suddenly show up at Vandy. I don't know why. That wouldn't yeah. make much sense to me. But... No, I'd be a terrible hire. would be a terrible hire for both of them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I just don't understand. I guess I can understand it from Utah State's standpoint. Uh, kind of the same argument where it's just like, you know, we want to give somebody else new a try, and we've kind of been mediocre since you came back. Uh, but... From his standpoint, it doesn't make much sense why you would want to leave. I, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Anyway, um, any other firings that we're not aware of? Uh, I mean, there were two at the FCS level. Jackson State fired John Hendrick and hired Deion Sanders. Oh, yeah. Saw about that. It's going to be insane and a fun watch. And then Austin P. Um, and I forgot about this. Austin P.'s head coach, Mark Hudspeth, was relieved of duty in, or resigned in July following suspicion for unacceptable conduct. <laughs> so they, they played three games this year with an interim coach, and I think they're playing a spring season. Uh, they hired Scotty Walden, so I'm not sure when he actually is going to take over that team. Yeah, I don't even know what that means, but that's not a good sign. But, uh, yeah. Uh. No. We'll have to see how that plays out. Um, I am back to Deion Sanders just because I want to talk about it. Like, do we have any view on his coaching situation? I know he, he's he's done a lot of work with some of the like the Under Armour All America games. Mm-hmm. I know he's been really active in a lot of those kind of young. High- Stuff. Young high schooler, yeah, kind of events. Yeah. Well, and I, um, I think obviously people like him. He's got a great personality, and I think people it'll definitely help recruiting because he just attracts people. The name alone. Yeah. Um. His his son. Um. Was a like a low four star quarterback, I think, who who has committed to play for his dad at Jackson State. So, uh, they only have three guys currently coaches on stats. I'm not really sure what's all going on. Um, ooh, they hired E.C. Taylor, who is the offensive coordinator at NC Central. But NC Central is pretty good. Interesting. Oh. So, that'll be kind of cool. That'll be oh, fun. I forget that Jackson State is also in Mississippi. <laughs> uh, that'll be interesting to see this year. Um, but yeah, I think <laughs> so many Mississippi schools. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's a silly, silly place. I'm I'm curious to see how the rest of the thing goes with the firings. I mean, I'm just kind of impressed because neither neither of those schools were on our list. I mean, the FCS schools obviously, but Southern Miss and Utah State, we didn't even think about those as being places where people would leave. I mean, like we said, we didn't even notice the the Southern Miss firing until I found out they hired some new guy. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of figured, like, without making too big a thing out of it, I didn't think that 
per our earlier discussions, I didn't think some of these smaller programs were going to risk losing the extra money to try and fire coaches this year. Uh, That seemed kind of surprising. But it has been a weird year in general. For example, the Maui Invitational is being played in Asheville. It's uh, that's a weird situation. The keep, yeah, the weather's a little different between those two places, I would think. I think it's snowing in Asheville right now. They keep showing nice. these pretty pictures of, like, the Maui coastline, and I'm like, that is nothing like where they are right now. But, yeah, you know, um, we also had a weird week in college football last week, but before we get to that, let's talk about, I don't know how to phrase this, the Big, the big 12, or just scheduling in general. Because there's been a lot of schedule shifts. I think the ACC, I don't know if you kept track of this, but earlier today the ACC essentially just said, you know what, there's no point in playing all these extra rescheduled games. So we're we're just going to kind of play out the ones this week and then kind of play it by ear and see what we want to do so as to avoid kind of – and I think they're doing this to avoid situations like they had with FSU and Clemson uh, – where FSU kind of bitched out at the last second, for lack of a better term. We didn't even talk about that last week. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with it. I mean, the only teams that are really in the running at this point are Notre Dame and Clemson. And I Miami could do something, but it would need one of those teams to trip up. Uh, is that so I don't, I don't know. I mean, it would need a Clemson loss because Clemson and Miami are technically tied because they're both one loss, but Clemson owns the tiebreaker, so. Right. So they would need Clemson to lose again, and Clemson's got uh, who this week? I don't even remember. Nobody impressive. They've got Virginia Tech. Actually, maybe Virginia Tech. I don't know. I mean, they're a 22-point favorite, so. I, I wouldn't expect it. Yeah, Virginia Tech this year is not the same Virginia Tech we've seen in the past, so that probably plays a factor. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not really disagreeing with the mentality. I'm kind of upset about it because I wanted to see more more football, but I do understand, you know, it's pointless to kind of risk having players get infected and risk having programs kind of act childish, yeah, childishly. Um, if you already know who your playoff contenders are going to be, I guess. I don't know. What are your feelings on the matter, Andrew? Yeah, I, I can understand that, especially as, as colleges have sent their students home. Uh, I'm pretty sure most schools now are, are not doing any in-person teaching. So it's harder to, in my mind, justify why you're still playing football if you can't have students on campus. Right. Well, and then this also comes back to that argument of are we making it about football being a profit thing or are we making it about football being a, you know, what's it called? A extracurricular, essentially. And that gets into a whole other debate that I'm not having this cast. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I I agree with the decision in general. Um, I kind of wish the other conferences would do it. I mean, if there's two teams and we're 100% sure – they're going to be playing for the championship. Just let them play. There's no point in having 15 other yeah. games. Um, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, and then of course there's the Big Ten situation. So yeah, 
Uh, Ohio State, for those of you who are uninitiated, has only played uh, four games this year, and yet they are still one of the top four teams in the country. So despite playing less than half of the games that all the other playoff contenders have played, uh, the playoff committee wants to put that, find a reason to put them in the playoff because they know they'll draw the biggest crowd. Um, does that sound about right to you, Andrew? I mean... A little bit. I mean, the big thing they run into is they have they can't have three games canceled in order to play in the championship game. Well, and that's kind of what they're yet scared of. Yet they can't do True. that. True. Uh, when I you, mean, well, you know, we all know, like you just said with the ACC, your goal is to maximize playoff teams, and so I, I mean, I guarantee you that if if Ohio State gets another game canceled. The Big Ten's going to be like, oh, that was just a suggestion. That's not an actual rule. Right. And again, to clarify for our listeners, um, yeah, essentially, if another game of Ohio State's get canceled, they cannot play in the Big Ten championship game, which also means that they would play in the playoff without playing in the championship game for their conference, which, you know, would probably upset a few people. But uh, there are discussions at the moment to uh, change the policy in the Big Ten suddenly because, you know, I, I hate to always bring it back to money, but that's what it seems to come back to every single time. I don't know what else you would equate this to, is that Ohio State's the biggest money maker and people want to like, see them play. They're going to do everything in their power to play that Ohio State-Michigan game, even though Michigan's terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I don't understand. Did you see Kirk Herbstreit got in trouble for saying that Michigan should throw in the white flag? And I was like, damn. I mean, I, I honestly, and I'm with you, like, I love football, and, and the more football, the better. But we're, we've gotten to the point where, at least at the beginning of the season, yeah, we know that maybe 10 teams are truly competing to make the playoffs, maybe one or two surprises. But we at least put on this facade of like, oh, you know, all of the Power Five teams technically have a chance at the playoffs, and da 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 da. da. But I mean, we're to the point now that there are so many of them that you know are done. Like, why are you know? And I get playing on games, get practice, and, and all that. Like, I'm a big fan of that. It's why I always support going to bowl games because it allows you extra practice time. But I. You know, with so many issues going around, like I said, with kids not being in school or at school, I think you're just you're you're creating some really rough public relations issues that you're probably going to have to end up dealing with. Well, and I think especially it's... when we get to the spring and you're going to have the FCS schedule played in the spring, the FCS doesn't make any money or very little money. So I'm really interested to see what that turns into and how that happens. I'm really hoping that you get like a ton of exposure that you normally wouldn't have got, but I'm not expecting that at all, really. So is the FC, if the SCS like a totally separate entity from the NCAA? No. So the, the FCS is technically the highest football division in which the NCAA grants a national champion. Oh, I'm sorry. So I guess I was talking about the FC, FBS, or sorry. Yeah, so the FBS is, it's their NCAA members because they're NCAA member institutions and they're governed by a lot of the NCAA, but the NCAA does not award a national championship. Interesting. 
But yeah, but those will be the team playing, and they don't since they don't get the coverage. Huh? They'll be. I'm I'm curious. Yeah, how that's going to play out because that might rock the boat a bit, um, depending on how popular that is. I, I've heard rumors of people kind of pushing FCS teams towards that to try to get more exposure, saying you know we'll play FBS teams in the fall and let's play FCS football in the spring. Which gets weird because you've also got like D two D three football, which is played in the fall currently. You know that can get really weird. But in terms of that, I don't. You know, I don't really know how that's going to shake out, and if that's any kind of long term. If it's really successful for FCS to play that much in the spring, I think it's something that might be considered. We'll have to see. I'll be interested. Well, in that. It also risks interfering with a lot of other sports, though. So, I mean, it's one thing to say, it's one thing to say, and we've seen this kind of with the NFL, too. It's one thing to say, oh, people will like more football, but you actually get into the logistics of having that kind of stuff go on in the spring with all the other sports that are going on. Yeah. It's not necessarily a successful enterprise, but... I guess no, it's, it's kind of the same thing with the NFL talking about it and like how much people hate Thursday night football. What about Wednesday day football? <laughs> I mean, I haven't watched any of it, but that's, you know, because if you really care about player safety, you're not going to play Thursday games coming off a Sunday game. And so that's where everyone's like, well, wait a minute. Plus, the problem I think with Thursday night is you don't want to put your marquee matchups on Thursday night, so you're going to get like a Jets-Jaguars game that nobody even really wants to watch on NFL Network that you have to pay for. Right. It is kind of silly. I don't I don't fully understand it. But I think uh, coming back to the college aspect, I think that I kind of am worried that they're going to use any justification they can to get Ohio State in, and that might – muck things up for another team that, you know, has proven themselves more. You're looking at, I don't think anyone in the Big 12 will get in. At this point, I'm not, I don't think anybody in the Pac-12 will get in either. But that means that you're kind of looking at a situation where Texas A&M or Florida could be playing in and they could lose a spot to a four-win Ohio State team, which is just not, uh, it's going to, that's going to be a hard sell. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think if I'm Texas A&M, like, I'm really concerned because A&M doesn't control their own destiny. And what you could end up with in a really funky, weird world, if Florida beats Alabama in the SEC title, they could get a one-loss Alabama, a one-loss Florida, and a one-loss Texas A&M. That are all tied. Whose only, whose only losses are to each other. Yeah. And then you got to have a round robin to decide the champion. Oh, You man. know, that's, that's very much a, like, Let's get weird. <laughs> well, and then also, sorry, I have, I have to bring this up because I heard Wes Durham talking about it on the radio today, and it pissed me off just to hear him talk about it. He was like, so by the way, Georgia rose in the rankings this weekend, and who did they play? Oh, yeah, South Carolina. What the fuck? Like, yeah, I bet the you Georgia they're... one's just, I mean, that pisses me off because their two losses are blowout losses to Florida and Alabama, which are good teams. But Georgia hasn't beat anybody. No, they got absolutely destroyed by those teams. It would be one thing if it was like with Clemson, where it's like, okay, it was very close. No, they got destroyed. To, to Notre Dame. Like, yeah. Yeah, the Georgia one just, like, I, I keep seeing them in, like, playoff resume. And I'm like, first of all, there's for Georgia to have any shot at making the playoffs, absolute hell has to happen. Florida has to lose. 
twice. On top of that, like that would sneak Georgia into the SEC title game. But I think A and M would have to lose again. I think Alabama would have to lose at least once, if not twice. I can't. Like, I can't figure out a scenario. But you know the pundits. I can't. The pundits have got to talk about it because fuck. Fucking Georgia. Yeah, I, I don't get why. You know, like Georgia's six and two with wins over. I mean, who have they beaten? A two and seven Kentucky or a two and seven South Carolina, a two and five Tennessee, a three and six Kentucky. I mean, four and three Missouri. I'll give you. Um, <laughs> give them the a, two and, a two and six Mississippi State, a three and five Arkansas. It's like, not. It's not great. No. Have they, have they have they played Auburn yet? They did actually. They played the, that, no, was the, that's, that's that was their, their, that was their only win over a team with a winning record. Yeah. But yeah, and then like I know West West did the thing in in North Carolina radio that I was kind of thinking where he's like, "Look, I know I, I casted for Georgia Tech for a long time, so I know everybody's going to be like, "Oh, the Georgia Tech guy," but Fucking, they're going to beat Vandy this week, and they're going to be, and people are going to be like, "Oh, they should be in the top four. Like, no, fuck you, get out of here. No, like they, 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 they didn't even beat Missouri. That game got canceled. So, like, they don't have. Yeah, their win over Auburn is their only win over a team with a winning record. Go fuck yourself, Georgia. Yeah, that's garbage. They absolutely don't even belong anywhere near that discussion. So, um, we got the energy out. Um. Do we do we want to talk? They don't have to lose to Auburn and or Tennessee, which I don't see happening. Um, Alabama have to lose to LSU, which I guess don't see happening. This LSU team's not very good. So, uh, do we want to talk about last week and just kind of Georgia Tech won? Uh, I know. I think that was. I guess you're expecting me to be excited about that. That was one of the. No, not really. But you know, it's cool. That was one of the. We scored 14 points in each quarter. That was one of the worst games I've ever seen. Wait, we that, that game just yeah. You talk about let's get weird. <laughs> that game was a let's get weird kind of game. Well, I don't know. Did I say that in the? Uh, did I say that in the Discord where I was like, I watched the Northwestern Wisconsin game two weeks ago, <laughs> and that was the worst game ever. But this one gave it a run for its money. Like, what is going on? We. Fielded a kickoff at the one? Like, just step out of bounds while you're fielding it? So, I'm actually not super mad about that play. Because I get what he was trying to do. Okay. And what he's trying to do is if he fields the ball with his foot out of bounds, it's technically a ball out of bounds and you get it on the 35. The problem is he caught it before his foot was down out of bounds. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, he just didn't place it down. So if he had caught the ball with a foot out of bounds, it would have technically been a kick out of bounds, and we would have gotten it at the thirty-five. Like that one, I'm not super mad about. And then the Duke the, guy said, "The punt to... is the one that I'm pissed about." Oh, that you one. Run back, like you just get away from it if you don't have a good angle on that it. That one, he just kind of fell over, and I was like, "What are you doing?" That was just, that was just bad. Like that's just bad form in fielding a punt. But I was just kind of mystified by like we did that. And then Duke did the same thing, and then it somehow flipped its way around. Like, it's just like, it was, let's see who can outdo each other for playing worse. I think there was that series to start off the second half where there were like five turnovers in a row. 
And I was just like, what the fuck is going on? There were a lot of turnovers in that game. I didn't have the energy to be happy anymore because I was just like, we're going to turn it over again. It doesn't matter. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I, I still fully expected us to lose that game. So there were eight turnovers in that game total. Dude, we were up by, like, what, 22 with four minutes left to go? And I was just like, no, we're going to lose. They're going to find a way to lose I this think, game. I think when we, when we went up, still kind of mystified that we won uh, I think I put it on from the rumble seat this week but I was kind of like you know I don't think this builds any confidence into me whatsoever but I guess I got some optimism to at least see what kind of happens in the next few games yeah like I saw some good things um, that I liked I saw a lot of things that I didn't like but you know we put up 523 yards which is nice well it also goes to show you what can happen when you just run the fucking ball. I, I'm so I'm sorry. I mean, I know he's a what's his what's the kid's name? God, I'm blanking on our quarterback. The quarterback or the running back? Quarterback. No, I know uh, I know Mason. Yeah, I know Sims is like our default quarterback for the future, but he is not a great thrower. He is much. He is not comfortable in the pocket. He does not have a good grasp of throwing downfield. He's just not a great quarterback, but he is a great scrambler and he's a great like uh, leader. And I think that you can be successful with that, but you got to take know, advantage that, that of it. Jalen Camp was beautiful. <laughs> that was there was okay. He had a few. He had a few good throws. Yeah. Yeah, and he also runs scared, which I don't know if that's you know coaches telling him, hey, just get down, don't. Don't try to make something out of nothing. This is a wasted season. Keep yourself safe. But there's a lot of times where, where I've seen him run scared. I don't – he just doesn't seem very comfortable in the pocket to me. Like, he's always – But he's also a true freshman. So – Yeah. I, I'm, I'm willing to accept a lot of things because he's a true freshman. Fair enough. I mean, we'll see We'll see how it continues to play out. But uh, I don't know. I, I think they just need to focus on the run game because I just don't yeah. – I, what pissed me off was early on, it was like they seemed determined to force Sims to throw it way downfield. And I was like, this is not working. Just give the ball to Mason or just have Sims scramble or do something like short. Don't have to go deep every single fucking play. Uh, but yeah, once he got into the zone, he started getting a little better at it. But I don't think it was the long passes. I don't know. Anyway, I I have now we now we gotten on two rant tangents. Fucking. And top of the fact that I mean the running backs are the deepest position we have, and there's a lot of talent there. So just give them the ball. Yeah, fuck. Just give keep giving Mason the ball. Fucking seriously, that guy killed it. Ugh. All right. Some other interesting games from last week. Uh, did you? Okay, so I stayed up to watch this. I don't know if you paid attention. That Oregon Oregon State game. Did you watch that shit? No, oh I my did not god! The score in the morning. That shit was so crazy, and it was what made it even better is there was a fog so thick that like you could barely see through it while it was on camera. 
And it was all, and it was so thick for like three and a half quarters. And it's like, just as Oregon State started turning it around, the fog lifted. I was like, oh my God. It was a super cinematic game. Um, I, I was kind of caught off guard too. I think, um, <laughs> I think that uh, I really didn't expect Oregon State to turn it around, but in the second half, they just started getting things together. And uh, in the fourth quarter, obviously, twenty-two points that'll put you up. I I was very impressed by their determination and grit because I don't think we even joked about it. We were not expecting that to be a game this week. And uh, no. props to them for. Uh, yeah, I mean, great on great on Oregon State for winning the Civil War for I think the first time since like two thousand seven. Very long time, yeah. I mean, it, I I don't know the full history, but they can't have won that many on the in the history of the program, right? They they're probably. Been... I don't. I don't. I think it's although to be fair, before Papa Phil Knight, <laughs> Dave Oregon, all that Nike money, Oregon was pretty bad too. I mean, yeah. It, the history of the uh, a lot of those teams in the Pac-12 are just not very good. Yeah, I mean, it's really it's really a a dominated by uh, USC, UCLA. Yeah, Oregon State's held their own. They had a uh, they had forty eight wins in the series compared to Oregon's six. Really? Huh. That's surprising. Oh, so, and they won in twenty sixteen. So never mind. This is not their first win since two thousand seven. I think it's their first win at home, probably. Well, or maybe I'm wrong about that, too. Because they won in Corvallis, then, too. Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah. Good for them, though. I mean, I think this was also kind of their big game, because they started off pretty poorly, considering the hype they got. And this is like, as a Georgia Tech fan, we already ranted about Georgia, but this is one of those games where it's like, if you win this, it makes your entire year, and it ruins the entire year for the opposing team. So... Good, good on them. For yeah, although I do know that some Oregon fans will argue that Washington is a bigger rival. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that they will argue that they're not upset about the Oregon State loss at all. Then, but I mean, I, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, it, it makes it makes a program's year to beat those teams. I think the reason that the Oregon following is because they have a stiffer competition for the conference championship against Washington uh, currently. But, I mean, that doesn't necessarily – anyway, whatever. Uh, that doesn't necessarily translate to historical rivalries. Um, other matchups, Notre Dame, North Carolina. I'm sure you watched at least parts of that. Yeah. Any thoughts? <laughs> Yeah, I guess the only thing that surprised me was that I was really expecting it to be higher scoring. I thought North Carolina would turn on the Jets in the second half, and props to Notre Dame. They shut them down. Um, I mean, I really thought this would be kind of a replication of the Notre Dame-Clemson game uh, with a high scoring kind of thing, but uh, Notre Dame's defense uh, did what pretty much nobody else has been able to do and stopped – UNC in the second half. Uh, good for them. Uh, Iowa, Iowa State, Texas. Iowa State's basically guaranteed a spot in the Big 12 championship now. 7-2. and two. Um, Nothing much to add there. Uh, let's go down the list. Uh, Alabama in the Iron Bowl. We already kind of joked about that earlier. No, Nothing surprising there. Uh, 
Clemson beat Pittsburgh. Trevor Lawrence looked like Trevor Lawrence and threw for 400 yards. Good, yeah. <laughs> good for him. Um, yeah, that game went about as expected. The only thing that didn't go as expected, what the fuck is going on in the Big Ten? So Northwestern lost to Michigan State, which I guess Michigan State's just making a year of ruining other program seasons. Um, fucking Michigan lost to Penn State, which... You know, I, I saw it as a possibility. I was just kind of shocked that it was so one-sided. Because, um, I mean, the score probably looks closer than you think, but Penn State pretty much handed, had it all the way. Um, I don't know what else, what to say about that. Michigan's in a tough spot right now. Penn yeah, State... Harbaugh might be uh, on his way out the door. Well, I think... um, did you watch any of the Buffalo-Kent State game? No. I just kind of... <laughs> I felt I felt bad for Kent State. We just hyped them up the week before. We were like, we "Oh did. yeah, Kent State. They, they just got to get past Buffalo." And then Buffalo was like, "No." <laughs> no. I mean, not even like Buffalo was like, "No." Jarrett Henderson was like, Jarrett Patterson was like, "You know what? Just give me the rock." Thirty-six carries, four hundred nine yards, eight touchdowns. I, I did see the highlight on ESPN the next day where I was just like, holy crap, Jarrett Patterson. Well, and it's funny because, uh, you know, they put up that stat of, like, who's got the most rushing touchdowns in the F in the FCS? And it was like uh, – or the FBS. And I was like, well, it's currently a tie between the Iowa State running back and um, – you know, the Alabama running back. And then I looked at Buffalo's guys and I'm like, oh, Jared Patterson might have it now. <laughs> you score eight touchdowns, that'll do it for you. Now, well, that's like, was it was it Najee Harris that had five in a game for Alabama earlier this year? Yeah, well, I looked at their total and I think before the start of the day Saturday, it was 16. And then, yeah, he but Jared Patterson scored over half of that. Like, Oh, my God. Good on him. But, yeah, Najee Harris, uh, I think he did score – was it five? I thought he only scored four, but either I way. I thought he had five in a game earlier in the year. Uh, wouldn't be shocked. Uh, I don't know. But, yeah, I, it does set up for a very interesting matchup between Buffalo and Western Michigan. Got to say, after watching that game, though, you got to feel it's Buffalo. <laughs> Holy yeah, which I, I love their, their head coach, Lance Leipold. Um He won like seven or eight division three national titles at Wisconsin Whitewater. Yeah. It bothered me that it took so long for him to get a job at the, the division one level. And man, I he's getting up there in age. Man, I would have loved to see him with a shot at P5. And I really hope somebody makes that decision. You you know, you actually, you hyped him up pretty well last year. I was... Yeah. Uh, that's why I wasn't shocked when Buffalo came to play this year, but um, I just, I guess I wasn't expecting him to take off so quickly because he has just come out the gates firing. Um, other games, SMU lost to East Carolina, so Eastern Carolina has a reason to live. Do do we want to talk about the end of the Syracuse game, or do you think they've suffered enough? Oh, were they expected on fourth down? Yeah, they, they're good. Um, <laughs> trying to think other games um vanderbilt which yeah i mean they're terrible so they they lost they, Mason. 
they lost badly. I think the only highlight was Sarah Fulham made a squib kick, and it was a very good squib kick. I don't know. If it was seen. a good squib kick. Like that's what kind of bothered me. Like, oh, the terrible. No, it was a squib. It did what it was supposed to. Well, yeah, and I think that was kind of the reaction I had. I was like, well, did she do it on purpose? Because if she did it on purpose, it's a perfect squib kick. If it was uh, now, if she was trying to fake it, uh, it would have been another thing. But I thought the interesting one to me was as soon as she kicked it, she like ran to the sideline to get off because I was like, yeah, we probably don't want you trying to make a tackle on kick coverage. I mean, I think that's fair. Uh, yeah. As much as I'm all for inclusion, I think they were more. Worried. I am. I am too. But yeah. Um, I Crystal think... and Lafayette won, which means they're going to play each other in the uh, Sun Belt Championship game. That's true. Um, yeah. Washington beat Utah. Okay. Um, UCLA. Hawaii, got... Hawaii knocked off undefeated Nevada. Yeah, that was surprising. I didn't realize. I, I don't know what to make of Hawaii. I've never had a chance to watch their games this year. That's a new head coach this year, so that's interesting. Um, Georgia is still bad. Georgia Arizona is still bad. Georgia State beat Georgia Southern. I guess that's Let's a Let's not game. talk about that. Navy lost. Indiana won. Um, but at, at a cost. Did their quarterback get injured? Uh, Penix is out for the rest of the year, yeah. Oof, that's rough. Um, and then Oklahoma State defeated Texas Tech, so again, it's going to be pretty much Oklahoma State and Iowa State in the Big 12, which is eh, kind of interesting. It's first is, is, there not a, is there not a way for them to like, shenanigan Oklahoma in? I think they're going to try, but uh, at the moment, I think it's uh, I think it's just if they win out, they're in. Um, yeah, it's because Oklahoma State or Oklahoma won Bedlam, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's looking like we're going to get if Iowa State beats West Virginia this weekend, and then Oklahoma State beats or Oklahoma beats Baylor. I, I think that almost guarantees us. An Oklahoma or an Iowa State Oklahoma Big Twelve title game. I'll have to see. I've heard them talking about how Oklahoma State could get in, but I don't remember. The... Well, I think Oklahoma's got a postponed game against West Virginia that is kind of in reschedule. I think for the twelfth, so that game might happen. Which would uh, give Oklahoma State a chance. Yeah. If West Virginia knocks off Oklahoma. So that that might be the factor because I think it's if that game gets thrown out, I think they're gonna have to give it on. To, or uh, Oklahoma State. I don't remember all the circumstances. I just remember they were talking about this Saturday, and I don't care because it's the Big Twelve. And let's be real, they're not they're not getting in. So who cares? Uh, I just would be interested to see teams other than Texas and Oklahoma fucking making it to the play for the championship for once. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I would say Oklahoma State would be kind of cool. Eh, it would be, but uh, probably not going to happen. Uh, anything else you want to highlight last year uh, or last week? Sorry. Well, like I said, Coastal won big. Oh, they're taking uh, it. Yeah, they're taking the game day to Coastal Carolina. You which might... is so annoying because so game day to Coastal, which is awesome for Coastal Liberty, but it's still on ESPNU. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, like the game, the Coastal Liberty game next week is on ESPNU still. That's really dumb. What are they doing? Like, so it's our game of the week, but we're just going to ignore it. We're going to put it, you know, where nobody can watch it. Cool. Great. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of which, let's go ahead and get into the matchups this week. Um, so I think we got a few coming up. 
uh, early on. But I wouldn't say there's anything too impressive. There's uh, the Raging Cajuns versus Appalachian State, because I don't know what they've called them anymore. Are they Louisiana Lafayette? Are they Louisiana? I don't know. I So I call them Lafayette because that's who they've always been to me. And it kind of pisses their fans off. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, because I, you know, I, I contrast them with Monroe. Well, you have to. And there's not supposed to be a Louisiana University. I thought that was the whole thing. No. But yeah, that game against App is a really good game. It doesn't actually matter because I think Lafayette has already clinched their division. No, I just yeah, expected to be... Yeah, Lafayette's already clinched their division, so... I just expect it to be a fun game, and that's all I really want. Oh, I absolutely think so, yeah. Um, after that, uh, the key matchups next week, I don't think there's a lot of ranked matchups. There is the interesting scenario matchups where it's kind of like, Ohio State goes on the road to Michigan State. Can Michigan State ruin, ruin another team's season? <laughs> And, uh, you know, even worse, uh, I think they were talking about canceling that game, which would just take Ohio State out, uh, theoretically, uh, unless they change the rules. Uh, Indiana-Wisconsin looks exciting. They're both ranked. Um, should be a pretty good game, although Wisconsin's a 14-point favorite, so maybe I'm full of shit. Um, Low-key, um, Memphis at Tulane. I'm kind of intrigued by Yeah, that'll be interesting, especially with, with Tulane losing their offensive coordinator. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that kind of shakes around. Um, There's a lot of really bad SEC games, South Carolina, Kentucky. Florida at Tennessee, like, okay. <laughs> yeah, Tennessee, come on now. Did we already... uh, Vanderbilt, Georgia. I think, did you already talk about Indiana, Wisconsin? I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's our, it's our only ranked game this week, I think. The problem is, as you pointed out, Indiana just lost their, like, key piece at quarterback. It's going to be tough. Um, and like I said, Wisconsin's a 14-point favorite, so it's not like Vegas thinks this is going to be much of a game. Yeah, the FBI has Wisconsin with an 84.1% chance, percent chance of winning this game, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the FBI. I yeah, I think, I think the Northwestern game. Oh, no. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on. We're about to get really super. Okay, never mind. So Northwestern's first canceled game is this week. And there's Illinois next week, so Northwestern could technically not play another game and make the Big Ten title game. They could, yeah. I mean, in fact, I'm, I'm pretty sure Northwestern is like mailing off to COVID. <laughs> you think so? They're like, oh, absolutely. And Ohio State, they're like, hey, uh, hey, let's, uh, hey, let's play. I don't know. Oh my God, we could end up with Maryland. <laughs> Hold on now, hold on. I, I'm just seeing scenarios of that. Nope, hold on. Maryland is not eligible for the Big Ten title game. No, they're not. Uh, Michigan State is technically, so they could still beat Ohio State, Penn State, Ohio State having it canceled, and Michigan State goes in. Uh, Michigan, still technically eligible. Now you're just, you're just playing uh, team chaos at this point. Oh, 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 my friend, you want to get real weird. Is it true that uh, I think there's still a scenario in which Illinois makes it to the game? Uh, no, sir. We have a better scenario. We have a scenario in which Rutgers makes it. Oh, that's true because Rutgers has done surprisingly well this year. Oh my They're god! They're two and four. Yeah, I did surprisingly <laughs> well this year. Yeah. Uh, and they played Penn State and Maryland, so they could win those two. 
and then have enough canceled games to jump everybody who would then be ineligible. <laughs> oh my god. So many weird I am, I am here for a Rutgers <laughs> Northwestern, I guess, Central <laughs> game. Like, my body is ready. What? Is it? Oh, just like the old Gypsy woman said. <laughs> There's... There are so many teams out with COVID. I am, so I, I, many teams. Like, I am all about <laughs> AOS this year. Like I want, I'm perfectly happy with Florida beating Alabama to get a three-way one-loss SEC triangle. With Clemson beating Notre Dame to get a one-loss duopoly in the ACC. To get enough canceled games in the Big Ten that we get a Rutgers Northwestern championship game. I mean, you like, know what? It's been chaos since January, so we might as well finish out the year in complete, complete madness. Some, somehow we end up with a Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, BYU, Alabama playoff. Uh, speaking of Penn State at Rutgers, I think Rutgers, I'm, I'm guessing they're giving it to Penn State by a lot, but. Rutgers could, yeah. Vegas isn't putting a line on it just yet. Yeah, it's not a line there. Because oh. it's a terrible bet. Because they're like, who the fuck, the one in five Penn State or the two in four Rutgers? Ah. When I saw, I thought, I thought I saw like the Duke, um, Miami doesn't have a line. Yeah, Duke Miami doesn't have a line. Which I mean, Miami should win that one going away. Obviously, North Carolina, Western Carolina doesn't have a line. Like, well, that's, surprise. that's that's different. That's because uh, Western so Carolina. So it's kind of cool to me. So all of these FCS programs, like they're playing like two or three games this fall. I think the coolest thing in the world would be, and I want to, I'm going to double check this before I say stuff. So Western Carolina's last game was they played Eastern Carolina or Eastern Kentucky. Wow, when did they play this game? Um, stop lying to me. Schedule, but they played Eastern Kentucky a while back. I would love. For like Western Carolina to have spent all of their off time learning how to run Paul Johnson's offense and roll into North Carolina to be like, what? You know, do what now? You know they're not going to do it, but it's a beautiful idea. But how cool would that be? Like one of these just like random FCS teams rolling in and being like, oh, you thought you were going to play this? Joke's on you, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they got the time. They might as well do it. Yeah, like. It's not like they lose anything by doing it. No, either. like you nothing to lose. He's like, go for it. <laughs> um, I'm kind of looking at the rest of the schedule. I, a lot. Nick, NC State. NC State's a seven-point favorite. Well, um, Sir, sorry. Before we get to our game, Syracuse at Notre Dame. Do you think Notre Dame will even play their first team <laughs> at all in that yeah, game? After halftime, probably not. <laughs> All right, so yeah, let's talk about. A and M only a seven point favorite at Auburn. I don't think Auburn's very good. Well, Auburn again is Auburn, which means that anything could happen. Um, Auburn, Auburn lost seven South Carolina. Yeah, but they also what they whipped up on. Well, I guess you can't use LSU as a comparison. But I mean, technically, they beat number twenty three ranked Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, eh, whatever. Um. The SEC has been a mess this year also because I think a lot of the teams where you would normally be like, oh, they're such a good, talented SEC team. I don't know why it turned into like a Midwesterner. But, uh, yeah, uh, normally those teams that get their schedules buffed up by playing out of conference like uh, Kentucky or Tennessee, they don't even have that going for them, so they just look bad schedule-wise. Arkansas, another good example. 
So, yeah. Oh, man. LSU's two remaining games are Alabama and at Florida. Yep. It's not great. Um. So, yeah. I guess our game, do we want to talk about it? I mean, I'm also fine not talking about it. But... Yeah, like, we're, we're a seven-point favorite. Um, I don't think we're going to win because I don't think we're very good at this whole thing. Um, but, you know, especially because NC State's kind of found a rhythm. After their starting quarterback got hurt, Bailey Hawkins kind of come in and found a bit, especially against like the last game against Syracuse. But well, they had close wins, so maybe we can keep it close and do something crazy. I guess my thought is it gives me hope. Um, there's a potential. God, that's the worst thing for Tech fans. I know, right? There's a look at basketball season this year. Don't don't talk to me about basketball season. I want to talk about basketball season. We get the baseball season yet? But yeah, I guess my thing is if our defense can step up. I, I think it's possible. Problem is, our defense has traditionally been very poor. I mean, even in the Duke game and the Louisville games that we won, our team essentially gave up an average of thirty points. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we're going on the road to NC State, and we're going to have to run the ball pretty well, and we're going to have to stop NC State. And I, I just don't know that that's something we can prep for. The other X factor is turnovers, which apparently we're pretty good at, but we also give up a lot of turnovers, so I don't fucking know. I don't know that that really adds anything. Uh, I just know it's going to be complete chaos, and I'm going to hate myself by the end of it. (laughs) I'm like, God, why do I do this to myself? Uh, I mean, I'll absolutely watch the whole thing, because I, like you said, I hate myself. Yeah. Well... (laughs) Again, what did I say on the Discord? It's like it's like watching a train wreck. Uh, I I know that it's going. I know that it's a terrible thing, and I know it's going to ruin some people's lives, possibly forever. But I can't look away. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so yeah, this is uh, it's going to be another one of those. I, I will say that Sims has got a pass for as many touchdowns as for interceptions he throws, because right now he's sitting at eleven eleven. So we gotta keep that even. Yeah, keep it even. A balance in all things. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, I don't know. Did you? Uh... Oh, sorry. I wanted to talk about a podcast about Dune, but I feel like it would be a little inappropriate in our. Podcast. I haven't actually listened to it yet. I've been. I mean, I, you you still struggle because it's on Spotify, right? It's on Spotify. I, I told you my Spotify issue, right? Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I don't... unrelated to college football. I don't. Um, I don't... Yeah, there's some interesting games, but. I mean, I think there's definitely – I'm kind of torn up, too, because last week was supposed to be rivalry week, and the only rivalry we really got was the Iron Bowl, I guess. The Egg Bowl wasn't even that interesting. No, to be fair, the Iron Bowl wasn't that interesting. God, it wasn't that interesting. <laughs> uh, BC, Virginia, uh, Virginia, four-and-a-half-point favorite. That might be a low-key, like, let's get weird ACC afternoon game. Um. Um, actually, San Jose State at Hawaii at 3 p.m. Oh, yeah, that, time, that could be interesting. Is that – isn't Hawaii like five hours? Isn't that like 9 a.m. Hawaii time? Oh, my God, they're at Hawaii? Jesus Christ. Please tell me they're playing at a neutral site or something. No, they're at Aloha Stadium um, oh, in Hawaii. That's, that's like a 10 a.m. game Hawaii time. Like, why do teams do this to themselves? We saw this <laughs> also – Why is this game not on TV? We saw this on the USC Arizona State game. 
and they're they're completely even too. I, I don't know, but I want to see this game. It's a shame that it's uh, not going to be on TV. Like, I, 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 how do I make it on TV? Uh, other games. Tulsa Navy could be interesting. I'm kind of intrigued to see. Um, Georgia Vanderbilt not interesting, but they're bringing back. All right, so Honolulu is four hours behind me. Okay, so, so it's, it's, it's noon. 11, 11 p.m. game. Okay. Hawaii time. You mean 11, okay, 11, 11 a.m. game. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Yeah, 11 a.m. Hawaii time. So, not as bad. Still weird. <laughs> so, but not as bad. So, Vanderbilt plays Georgia, and the, uh, the female kicker whose name escapes me right now is coming back. Miss Fuller? Yeah, Miss Fuller. Is she, do you think she's going to kick get a chance to kick a field goal in this game. No. Because Vanderbilt's terrible. God. Georgia's defense is good. Oh, yeah. Although, I was, so I was listening to the radio today, and they were talking about Derek Mason getting fired. Um, and one of the things they kind of talked about is apparently Vanderbilt had a ton of players opt out, which, I mean, they weren't very good to begin with. Right. But apparently they had a ton of guys opt out, so... Like, they're terrible. Everyone expects Vanderbilt to be, but they're more terrible than normal because of all of the opt-outs. Yeah. I mean, it's to be expected, though. It's it's rough, but it's to be expected. It just... Yeah. I feel bad for the coach to have to deal with that and then get fired and, you know, whatever. It, it's, it's rough, but that's kind of the circumstances of, of it is, you know. It's like uh, so. I'm trying. There was apparently an article written about. Okay, so Joe Reckford, who's a national sports writer, apparently has said that uh, Austin P's former head coach Will Healy, who's the current head coach at UNC Charlotte, would be a good hire. Which I like Will Healy. I think he did a really good job at Austin P. I'm not really sure what he's done at UNC Charlotte this year. Couldn't begin to tell you. You are like on top of the coaching. Uh, he's two and three. Uh, but he was seven and six last year at UNC Charlotte. Took them to their first ever bowl game. So, you know, that's that's kind of cool. I remember they were really hyped up for that bowl game too. Yeah. Oh. I don't remember all the details, but I did. I did watch the bowl game, and they were super hyped being involved. Oh, here's the UT Chattanooga as well. Yeah, he's got a lot of ties here. So, yeah, I mean, it would make like, sense uh, as a it would make sense as a hire. I would agree. So, well, he signed the number one FCS recruiting class at Austin P. That's pretty good. He's a talented coach. Yeah, uh, so I think he's uh, uh cool. I'm cool with it. I like him. I mean, I like him as a coach. Um, you know, uh, it was interesting though because the one thing they talked about is, you know, what are your expectations of Vanderbilt? <laughs> None, because they suck. Well, that's and that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, you know, you shouldn't set your expectations of Vanderbilt. Of like, we want to win eight games a year. Well, okay, then you better invest heavily in the program. Well, uh, okay, Vanderbilt. You know, but if you want to win six games a year, go to a bowl game, and maybe every now and again catch lightning in a bottle in an eight to ten game. I mean, I think you, you could do that at Vanderbilt. You're still going to have to put money in the program. Um, I also think Vanderbilt's one of those, it's the only school in the power, and I may be butchering this correctly. So Vanderbilt fans, please send me an email. Um, I think they're the only team that don't technically have an athletic department. Like, their athletic 
actually falls under like their student life department and like it's 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 a really weird yeah like it's a really really weird kind of well because Vanderbilt's also a private school so they've got a lot of yeah weird... so intercollegiate athletics are administered as part of the university's division of student life yeah it's a... the only division one school without a separate athletic department it's a very weird policy um, also. Breaking news that has nothing to do with college football. What Russell Westbrook was traded to the Washington Wizards for John Wall and a first round pick. Um, I want to call them the Washington Bullets because that's what they were. That's... And I remember them. Well, you know, gang violence. Can't can't call you them. You know, the... maybe <laughs> gang um, violence ruins everything. Anyway. Well it, it really does. Um, that's a pretty good trade, actually. Um, I don't know a lot about John Wall, but I know that Russell Westbrook is apparently like locker room cancer. So, um, I mean, I think it's good for the Rockets. Uh, more picks, always better. So, yeah, I guess. Have, have they traded? Um, Harden. James Harden to the Nets yet? Not yet. Okay. I think it's still in time. I know they. I know they want to. I know Harden wants to. I don't know if the Rockets necessarily want to. I think the Rockets at this point are just like burning to the ground. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I, I think that's just the trend. We talked about the trends in college football where some programs build it up and some kind of programs just, you know, stay on top and then they have to burn it to the ground. That's kind of where the Rockets are. It happens much faster in the NBA, though, where it's just like everybody ends up on a team. And then as soon as they don't want to be there anymore, the team's just like, fuck it, burn it to the ground. Like, two years later. I don't know. Anyway. So I think that pretty yeah, much... Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's a lot easier to turn over rosters in professional sports, especially, like, the NBA, where it's such a small roster. Yeah, and apparently you just... Guys get paid so much money. So much money. I mean, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think that's... Uh, Unless you want to talk more about the NBA, I think that's pretty much going to wrap us up for the day. Um, I'm trying to think of other, like I said, the, the Liberty Coastal Carolina game will be a fun game to watch. Um, uh, question. So so I guess we were talking about it earlier where, you know, usually there's more stakes at the end of the year because you've got more teams in a situation where it's like these guys are playing to get in a bowl game. Um this year doesn't really apply because there's not the six game restriction on bowl games, and frankly, a lot of bowl games have been canceled. Yeah, so they keep canceling bowl games. So, so I'm like, so I'm like, what are the odds they just start after this week? Just start flat out canceling the, a lot of these other matchups. Like, what's the? I don't know the television contract rules, and I think that's one of the big driving factors. Is I don't understand. Like, how much money is lost if they don't have anything to put on TV? Because, frankly, I kind of want to see us continue to play. And by us, I mean Georgia Tech. I, I could also stand to not see us play because we've been pretty terrible. Also, our next game after uh, NC State would be a Thursday game against Pitt, which is just fucking – I hate Thursday games. Thanks, I don't mind them. I don't like them on short weeks. <sighs> Wouldn't this be a short week for us? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. it would. Um, I also think Pitt's going to get like 35 sacks because their defensive line is really good and our offensive line sucks. 
Well, only if our QB doesn't just run a QB sneak on every single fucking play. But yeah, we'll see what happens. You know what? As I tell offensive coordinators, if it works, keep doing it until they stop you. Exactly. <laughs> just run the ball. Run the ball all night. Um, power. Power O. Power O. guard, double team, point of attack, kick out with a fullback, power O. Draw play all, all the time. If they're getting in the backfield, just drop back like you're going to pass and then give it draw, draw play. All right. Just throw a ton of, a ton of screens everywhere. Just lob it up and then have your boy jump at the hoop, come in and dunk it. That's that's how you alley-oop. That's all it is. Anyway, I, I think that's all I got. <laughs> you got anything else to add other than your want, want baseball season to start? Uh, I want to say we could turn it around, but let's be real. I mean, technically we can, but I don't really have a lot of faith. So. I, I don't even want to watch our games after those first two. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Even after the first one, I was kind of like, hey, we took it to quadruple overtime. We could be good. And then we fucking lost to Mercer, and I was just like, hey, no. you want to know what's even cooler? Mercer blew out Georgia State. So Mercer could be good, I guess. I don't know. All yeah, right. Just like when they beat... All right. Well, I'm calling it a night. Uh, thanks, as always, to our listeners for tuning in. Andrew, thank you for being here. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, I appreciate you not uh, murdering me Monday through the phone. But, you know, these things hey, happen. Man. You know, it's all good. Sometimes we get heated. Yeah, you know what? That's Every now and then you need to sit down and just, you're not you when you're hungry. Have a tolper. Huh? Maybe, uh, maybe that's why people think that D&D is like the short path to Satanism. Because <laughs> people get really upset about that thing? Yeah. <laughs> not, I'm not going to lie. I don't know why I'm ki- continuing to record this, but yeah. I'm not going to lie. I try. I keep running that conversation through my head. I do. And I'm just Absolutely. like, and I'm just... Where did we go wrong? <laughs> I was just like, what was the point? Because it was a legit, like... Like I said, I really thought that was a legit argument that our characters would have. And then I was like, so where did it turn into me yelling at you to roll a new character? I was like, what the fuck? So anyway, it did. You know, that, those things happen. All right. Uh, you listeners have a good rest of your week and uh, enjoy the football. Y'all, good night, everybody. <laughs>